good morning to each of you. Welcome to the Refuge Church. I'm Pastor Jeremy Upton. I'm so glad that you would take this time that we would gather together to worship and to call upon the name of our God. In these days and in these times, we need to be reminded that the Word reminds us that if His people who are called by His name would humble themselves and pray and seek His face, He said that He would hear from heaven and He would forgive our sin and heal our land. And in this day and time, it's time for us as the people of God to assert our right to assert our responsibility as his people to gather together and to call upon his name. So I anticipate that God's going to move in a unique way on today. Let's enter into this worship experience and experience what God has for us today. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let's go before the throne of grace in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up today. Thank you, Lord, for letting us see another day a day that we haven't seen before. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we simply ask that you be with us in our service today. Touch somebody's heart, change their mind, transform their lives, Lord, so they can be more like you. Let someone, let something be said today that will uh, encourage them, Lord, and let them realize they can go a little further in the mighty name of Jesus. These are not the things we ask in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank God, amen. Welcome to the Refuge Church. We're a safe place where everyone can grow one step closer to Jesus Christ each and every day. We are biblical, balanced, and beneficial in everything that we do. We are Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-filled, and kingdom-oriented. And we are certainly built for this. God bless you. All right, Refuge Church, it's time to pass the peace. So go ahead and meet me in the comments right now and leave a quick word of encouragement or a short prayer for somebody that you see in there. Let's go ahead and pass the peace.
Romans 8, 37 to 39 says, No, and all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.
shall we pray? Father, we thank you and we honor you for this time that we get to spend in your word. Now, God, I pray that in these next few moments, you'll anoint me afresh. You'll use me for your glory. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For, Lord, I declare that you are my strength and my redeemer. I pray that your word would speak to our hearts and speak to our minds, that it would encourage us, that it would remind us of whose we are, that we may face whatever the uncertainties of this week are, knowing that you are you care for us and that you are our God. Now, God, have your way and glorify yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, I'm having a blast with this How I Got Over series in this third part. Uh, I, I've, I've asked people to, to help me with verses that the Lord may have used in your life to encourage you. And you responded in great ways. And these, these verses are blessing me. And I pray that as we share them, that they're blessing you. Uh, but listen, we find ourselves nowadays in a time of uncertainty. There is fear. There is uh, uh, Florida is now the global hotspot. Uh, and so we're, we're trying to figure our way through this thing. And they're trying to push for schools to be open. If you as kids are wondering what's going to happen when we go back to school, parents are wondering, do I send my kids back to school? Will there be another shutdown? We're worried about the economy and unemployment. And some people are even just worried about paying rent. Well, in these times of uncertainty, um, it's, it's interesting that somebody offered up a verse that was a reminder for Israel when they found themselves in a similar situation. And I want to share that with us on today. Notice what Isaiah 41, Isaiah 41, verse 10, I'm reading from the New King James translation. Look what it says. God says through Isaiah the prophet, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I just want to kind of share from that verse the idea or the thought that he's on my side. It's a great thing to know that God is on our side. Now, this particular verse, this particular passage, comes out of a section of Isaiah in chapters 40 through 48 in Isaiah, where God addresses through Isaiah his people who in a few years from now would be separated from the promised land in exile, in Babylonian exile. And at they, as they came to the end of that time, it was a time of pervasive fear. There was the fear of the unknown. They didn't know what to expect. They were living in a foreign land. They didn't know if they should go back to the promised land. If they decided to take on the expense and the danger of that, what would they find when they got back to the promised land? They were unsure of what to do next. There was this fear of failing or making the wrong step. And the problems seemed insurmountable. And as that exile was coming to an end, God addresses them through Isaiah by giving them Isaiah chapter 41 that addresses the questions that are raised in the minds of God's people as it relates to the decisions that they had to make next. Should they go back? What would they do when they, when they got there? Could they trust that Darius, the Persian king, could, would let them go back peaceably? But the biggest question in their mind was, could God deliver them out of this exile? And even worse, would God deliver them in this exile? Now, here's what's interesting. Isaiah is addressing where the people would be 250 years after he prophesied. Watch this. Notice this. That God sent Isaiah a prophetic word for the people that they would need for 250 years later. 
Watch this. I, I love the fact that God knew before they got in the mess where they would be, and He had already prepared a word for them where He knew they would be, and the word would be what they needed, where they would be when God knew he, they would find themselves there. <laughs> I know that's fast, but by the time they found themselves in trouble, God had a word waiting on them. And just like God had a word waiting for them, God has a word waiting for us. Listen, uh, I, I believe that this passage is teaching us, this, this short little, little verse in Isaiah 41 is teaching us that God promises to go through everything, even the unknowns. He goes through those unknowns with us. God promises His people that He would do that for them by proving that He was on their side, that no matter what was next, he was going to be there. Uh, if you'll notice, if you keep reading in Isaiah 41, there's this long list of promises that in the original are in the future tense. And they're strung together between verses 10 and verse 20 that are anchored in facts of God's presence in their lives, both in the past and by showing what he did in the past, it was as if he was saying, you can trust me in the future. He says in verse 8, he says, I've already chosen you. He says, you're Israel, you're my servant. He reminds them of his relationship with Abraham, their, their ancestor. Watch what he says. But you are Israel, you are my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. He says, you can trust me. You can trust these promises because what I've already, I've already chosen you. I already have a relationship with you. And then he says, because I have this proven track record of keeping you and not throwing you away. Look what he says in verse nine. He says, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and from the farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. And here's the part I like and have not cast you away. He says, I have chosen you. I've chosen to keep rocking with you. Even when you did stuff that I should have quit you, I didn't. And so he's trying to say in verse 10, I got you. It, it, it's kind of like uh, when my children were little, they were learning how to walk. They, they couldn't quite balance themselves. And so I had to grab their hands in order to help them study themselves and, and find their own balance as they were learning to walk. Or if you've ever learned how to ride a bike, you know, you don't learn how to ride a bike by lecture. You need somebody to kind of help steady you on the bike and hold you and make sure you don't fall while you learn how to balance yourself. That's exactly what God is saying in Isaiah 41 verse 10. Watch this. He says, first of all, don't operate in fear or discouragement. Look what he says in verse 10. He says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. God says to them, I know you feel abandoned, but I need you to not be afraid because I am with you. I, the reason why you need to not be afraid is because you're not in this by yourself. His presence, the, the handbook in Isaiah commentary says this, that his presence assures them that the situation will be to their benefit. He has to remind them one of his names is Jehovah Shammah. I am the God who is right there. Right where? 
wherever you are, I'm right there with you. That's even the whole idea of the concept of Emmanuel. One of the names that Jesus took on was Emmanuel, that he's the God who is with us. He says, don't be afraid because I'm with you. Then he says, don't be dismayed. That The idea of dismayed is to, to not... Uh, believe or accept something as true. That the idea is that uh, I, I I don't want you to allow your circumstances to make you accept defeat or be discouraged by what you see because of where you are. He says, because I'm with you, I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to be defeated. I don't want you to feel like there's no way out of this. Don't accept the circumstances as they are because I am God with you. I can change circumstances. <laughs> Watch this. He, he says, first of all, he says, don't operate in fear. Don't operate in discouragement. But then he says to expect his assistance in the situation. Go back to verse 10. He says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I like this. The, the word strengthen is the idea to reinforce or it's the idea to support a physically weak object. Now, I don't know about you, but there's some stuff that's been happening in the last five or six months where I have felt weak. God says, I, I will strengthen you. I will build you up. I'm going to embolden you. I will empower you. The, the word even means to toughen something up. He says, I'll toughen you up through the unknowns. Even though you don't know what to expect, I'm going to reinforce your resolve and your perseverance and your commitment. He says that my job, because I'm going to assist you in this thing, I'm going to provide the power for the want to. If you bring the want to, I'll bring the power so that it can happen. He says, I, I will help you. The idea is to assist or to add. He says, I'm going to be the one who opens the doors. I'm the one who's going to provide the means. I will increase your intensity and the frequency of resources being brought to you that my job is to assist you. I'm going to be with you. And when I come in the situation, I'm going to assist you with the situation. Watch this. He says, in essence, I will strengthen you. I'll help you. And I'm going to hold your hand through this because watch this. Watch what he says in verse 10. He, he says at the end of verse 10, he says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Watch this. The, the, the thing he says is that I, I don't want you to operate in fear that I'm going to be there to assist you. And because I'm going to be there to assist you, failure is not an option. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The idea of uphold is to give aid or to help someone so that they will have a positive and successful outcome. It's the idea of I'm not going to let you fall. Just like that baby that's learning how to walk, the parent is there to hold them up. Even when they falter, even when they lose their balance, it's the parent holding them up so that they will be successful in their desire and their, their, their try to walk through what they are walking through. God says, that's what I'm going to do for you. I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to let you fail. So much so, look what he says in verse 13. He says, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not. I will help you. God says, you can expect me to assist you. And because I'm assisting you, because I'm bringing the strength, because I'm bringing the desire, because I'm holding you up with my right hand, I'm holding your hand while I'm holding you with my hand so that you cannot fail. Watch this. In other words, I know he's on my side. 
when I know he's on my side, I don't look at what cannot happen. I only look at what he will do as he strengthens me, as he toughens me up. I, I, I don't have to fear because he's in this with me and he's holding me up and he's going to make sure I don't fall and I don't fail. So I don't know what they're going to do about schools in the next couple of weeks, but I know failure is not an option because he is on our side. Listen, I, I, I kind of sum it up by saying it like this, that overwhelming vicissitudes become overcoming victories when our God gets involved. Somebody needs to know that how you're going to make it through, how you're going to make it over, is you got to remember that He's on your side. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's the God who gets in it with you and me, and He supports us, and He assists us, and even when we stumble, even when we take a wrong step, even when we lose our balance, He upholds us to make sure that failure and falling will not happen to those who are His. Can I pray for us? Father, right now, I pray for somebody, my brother and my sister, who's in this moment struggling with decisions to make, struggling with uh, what to do and what to do next. And there's a lot going on around us and in our world. And for many of us, the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure is gripping us. And we're not sure what to do and what to do next. But Lord, we thank you that you are Jehovah Shammah, you are our God who is with us. Thank you that we're not doing this by ourselves. You've promised to never leave us and never forsake us. You promised to strengthen us and to help us. You promised to hold us up so that even bad steps and missteps become right steps in your hands. And so God, we pray now for that strength and that power, that assistance to kick in in our lives. Support us where we are physically weak. Hold us up. Remind us that you are right here in it with us. And so we, de we declare failure is not going to happen. We declare success will be ours, that our children will be safe, that our jobs will be kept and secure, that our livelihoods will be maintained because you, God, are on our side. We declare it we believe it and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged. Don't stay stuck in fear. Because I declare, according to Isaiah 41 and 10, that God says that He's on our side. Morning, Saints. This morning I want to thank God for His grace and for His mercy. I've been feeling tired and stomach pain. And I, I went to my cardiologist and he said he needed me to take a test because he didn't like how, what I was saying to him. After a little while fooling around with it, I eventually went for the test. In 10 minutes of the walk into the hospital, 10 minutes of the test, the cardiologist came back to me and says that he couldn't do anything for me because I had too much blockage in my arteries. So the only thing that happened is 
complete open heart surgery. He says, I spoke to your daughters, so it's up to you. I says, okay, do what you have to do. And then I signed the papers and I turned to the Lord and says, Father, forgive me. And I asked him for his forgiveness. And then I says, my life now is in your hands. Do for me, Lord, what only you alone can do. And I place it in his hands. And I can't explain. It was a sweet peace that came over me. And I, I can't understand it. But I text Pastor and I told him and I text Sister Carly and told her her and my prayer partner and I leave it to the Lord. The next thing I know I wake up Tuesday morning and he tell me to wake up and stand up, make two steps. I made the two steps and I went to the regular room. The doctor came to me and he said to me, you are a strong woman. You are a miracle. I walk around with 80% blockage and you have, you just got a triple, triple, triple bypass. And I thank God for all the prayers that went up for me. Thank you all and God bless. Kingdom Seekers Bible Study. This Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. You don't want to miss it. Uh, yours truly will be continuing the series of Harmatiology, which is the doctrine of sin. How it began and how it affects us today. You don't want to miss it. Has the Lord done something amazing for you that you just got to share with everybody? Listen, you can send a video testimonial of what God has been doing for you. Even during this time of COVID, God is still opening doors for people. So if he's done that for you and you want to share with us, please send a video clip no longer than about 60 seconds to info at refugechurchmiami.org. God bless you. Listen, it's offering time in the house of God. It's time for us to give as unto the Lord. Now listen, if this is your first or your second time worshiping with us, you're our guest and we don't ask you to give anything. But for all of our partners, for all of our regular attenders, you know that the expectation is that we would offer our hearts up to God in this time of worshiping him and giving. Uh, Jesus told the story in Mark chapter 12 of this poor widow who had next to nothing. And as he was sitting and watching uh, the people come in and out of the temple and they were giving as they were required to do, they were giving for the poor, they were giving uh, as unto the Lord. And, and Jesus kind of watched all the rich people come and, and they put their one or two dollars in, they put their five dollars in. But this widow, he says, took uh, two mites, two little less than what's worth of a penny. And she put those into the offering box. And Jesus says that other people gave out of their abundance. But this woman, she gave of her life. She gave all that she had. Uh, and that's what God asks us to do. That he asks us to give from our life. Not from the stuff. Not from our abundance. Not because we have it. We don't. He doesn't want us to tip him. He wants us to prove that our lives belong to him. And so I'm going to ask in these different ways that you can give. That you would prayerfully consider. Uh, giving out of not your abundance, but getting giving out of your life. Is that all right? Can I pray for this offering? Father, we thank you. 
We bless you for this opportunity to give and to sow into your kingdom. I pray, O oh God, that you would bless each gift, that you would bless each giver. We give to you out of our livelihood. We give you out of our lives. And we thank you, O oh God, that you've already given us your best. And so we anticipate nothing more than blessings, nothing more than prosperity, nothing more than you're taking care of us because we belong to you. Lord, we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, let's give as unto the Lord. We have done all that God asks of us to do. And so I pray that you get ready to move into this next week with excitement and with understanding because you know he's on your side. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you for your word. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Now, God, I pray that you would let that presence rest on each of us as we move into whatever this next week holds. We trust you because you've already proven yourself to us. Now, God, I pray that grace, favor, and peace would rest, rule, and abide on each of us, both now and into forever. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you and keep you. I love you, and there's nothing that you can do about it.